Welcome to Girls Who Read Porn. Please be advised that this podcast contains mature content for mature audiences. The title might have given that away though. We would also advise you triple check the trigger warnings of each book prior to the episode. And if it's not for you, we'll see you next week. Each episode includes major spoilers, so make sure you read the book and don't say we didn't warn you. With all that in mind, on with the show. Alrighty guys, welcome to another episode of Girls Who Read Porn. My name is Ola and I'm here with Jay. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm well, thank you. We're missing um, our third. We are. We're missing a limb. Yeah, she's, she's uh, ironically, she's, she's actually getting one of her limbs tattooed today. That's why. Oh! <laughs> yeah, so she's sitting for like six hours to get her whole arm started. So. Oh, the, the, the sleeve that we yeah. were talking about the other episode. What is she getting done on it? I don't even remember. She I told think me she's getting it, a crow, a snake, and a bunch of flowers today. So oh, with the tomato plant. <laughs> with the tomato plant. I think it's on the other arm, though. Yeah, so okay. This cool. is, yeah, uh, Betty, for those of you who don't know, is addicted to getting tattoos and is very Completely. slowly covering her whole body. And we have oh an amazing guest today, to, not to fill in for Betty, but honestly, a little bit more exciting than Betty, not going to lie. <laughs> no. <laughs> we have the incredible, magnificent, beautiful, talented Laura Pavlov oh. with us today. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. I appreciate it. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm loving hearing about the tattoo. My husband is 54 and came to me. He's like, I want to get his first tattoo. And he got a whole sleeve. So As your first I'm, tattoo. I'm, first tattoo at 54. I'm like, it's very him. This is very on brand for him to get, like to wait and then get the whole arm. What did he, he get? He goes all in. So. He, he got like, it's really just like our family stuff. Like he did a, a thing for my writing, um, like a feather oh pen and half day doctor. And my daughter is um, about to graduate from medical school. So he got a, um, like the medical symbol for her mm -hmm. and then a time, a clock for my son with his birthday. And then he did a portrait of the three of us on his arm so I'm like wow he's dedicated he really to you went guys all now in. he can't go anywhere so yeah it's been, it's been <laughs> yeah that's it he's, it's he's been stuck with the team yeah. yeah he's stuck with the team now but that's good yes yes I'm like you you're yeah but it looks great but yeah I love I I don't have any but I think they're beautiful I love seeing you know what other people do I got my first one this year and it was a huge deal and I was like really <laughs> excited about it because it took me two years to decide what to do and it's the most simple, dumbest thing ever, but I feel like it's very clever at the same time. Um, my mum's name starts with A and my little sister's name starts with Z, so I got A to Z. So it like That's includes so everyone like in. Have meaning. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's yeah. so cute. But I haven't finished it yet. I think I'm going to go get like, well, we were thinking about going this weekend or next weekend to finish it up. Because I started a new job this week and I just want to splurge on my first paycheck yeah. and just be like. Celebrate. Right. Yeah. Do something for yourself. Something. I like that. Yeah. That's. So we're not actually here to talk about tattoos, let's be honest. We're here to talk right. about your incredible right. writing. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. No, we're, so nice. we're really bloody excited. This one's a big one for us. We're really, really lucky to have you here and we're so glad. Um, but we want to know about you, Laura. So tell us, how did you get into writing romance? How did you get into this world? So I um, was a kindergarten. Well, I taught kindergarten through fifth grade, but K 
kindergarten for the bulk of my 17 year teaching career. So I taught for a long time and I was always an avid reader. And um, I had this story that just like would not leave. Like I would get on the treadmill and run. It was in my head. I'd fall asleep. I'd think about it. So I told a friend that I read with all the time, like we would buddy read. And she was like, well, write it for me. So it kind of started that way as more of a hobby. And um, I wrote a few books that way, which have since all been unpublished. They were terrible, but it's okay. You got to try it. Um, and then four, four and a half years ago, I left teaching and kind of took the leap. I was like, I really want to give this a try. And I have been doing it full-time ever since and loving every minute. It's been amazing. Oh, my goodness. That's amazing. It's funny how people yeah. come from, like, such strange jobs. Like, you'd never think a kindergarten right. teacher would end up writing porn. Right. Like, let's be honest. Like, I'm do- right. <laughs> I'm teaching, little, like, these little kids how to read. And then at night, I'm, you know, writing things that I want to read. So, and when I left, I loved, I mean, I feel very fortunate that I've had two professions that I, careers that I've really loved because I did love teaching. And when I left all the kids, you know, they're like, Mrs. Pavlov is going to write books and can we read them? I'm like, never, never, never. <laughs> <laughs> for a very long time. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's so funny. Um, yes. That's so cool. And um, who were you reading at the time when you were like getting into it? Gosh, a lot of the people that I'm, well, I went through, you know, like I was on a big twilight kick. I loved all of those books. And, um, but when I left, you know, Fifty Shades, I read all the the ones that everyone was reading, but a lot of people that I still read, which is so funny because they don't believe me. Like, I'm like, I was such a fangirl. Now I've become friends. Um, Willow Astor, Candy Steiner, Catherine Cowles, Melanie Harlow, you know, I was reading all of the people that I still read today and um, so many more, like I'm a huge indie reader. So, you know, it was, it was always a, I read much more back then than I get to read now just because it's busier and and time-wise it's hard when you're on deadline. It's hard for me to read when I'm writing, but I go through little phases, but back then I could read, you know, a couple books a week and that has definitely changed. Does your husband read your books? He does not. I think he's read. He tried to read one and I'm like, don't force it because I hate reading something that isn't something I would read. Um, so he'll, he's tried a little bit, but I'm like, you don't need to. I'll, he'll plot with me a lot and he's the most supportive, like loves to go to signings and loves to, you know, he's always cheering me on, but he is not a big reader. So, and romance would definitely be his last, you know, genre pick. So I always wonder no, about that because there. I don't think we've met an author who's had a partner who's read their books. Yeah. Yeah. Some say they do, but, and listen, my husband's a big jokester, so I'm okay with him not reading it because he would, <laughs> he would never let me live it down because he would be like, did you write this? <sighs> so, but I, I mean, I have two kids. My kids are 26 and 28. My son is 28. So all of his friends, you know, a lot of their friends I taught. So now they're they're all very fascinated by this new career. So my son's friends think it's so funny. Like they'll go through the book and look. Just look up. So the they call my books. And my husband's name is Greg. So they all call my books 50 Shades of Greg. Like, oh. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's, That's funny. pretty good. So they think it's funny. So, but no, they... I'm sure your son feels very differently. 
Yeah. Oh, he would want, he, yeah, no, he is super supportive. He went, he's gone to a few signings and he has fun, but no, he does not want to read them. He does not want to talk about what's in them. And I'm like, they're not that steamy. Like mine are somewhat steamy, but they're not outrageous. No, they're not like, they're very, um, they're a great entry level book into romance, I think. Yeah. Before you go right into like the hardcore. Yeah. Yeah, Like I wouldn't start with Jade West. Like if you're starting. (laughs) I would recommend right. that. You, <laughs> That's just... I get two to three chili peppers. And I mean, I read steamier than I write and I'm, I'm getting there. I've, I've been gradually getting steamier, but to them, this is outrage. Right. It's so steamy because they don't read romance. Okay. And what is it that you're currently reading? If you're reading anything or what's the last book you read? So, and I, I had a little break. I start writing a new book Monday. So I've just been devouring as much oh, as I can. So cool. I finished um, Candy Steiner's book, Watch Your Mouth, which just released and she did fabulous and loved it. And I'm I finished that last week. And now I'm reading um, Melanie Harlow's new one that's coming out right after mine, I think on the 20th. And it's so good. So loving that. That's awesome. Um, okay. And let's talk about how you come up with ideas for your books. Like what's, what's the Laura Pavlov process? How do we end up with a book? (laughs) We're still figuring that out, but we, (laughs) so normally I, um, like decide to do a series. Like I have a new series for 2024. Um, the one I just finished Cottonwood Cove was five books. The new one will be five books. So I will, start planning. Like, am I going to do siblings or friends? Like I come up with that first, the characters, um, this new series that's going to be coming out for next year is like five guys that are kind of ride or die best friends, more like brothers. They've grown up together in this small town. And then from there, I just like, I knew. So in Cottonwood Cove book three on the shore, there was, um, Lincoln and Brinkley and Lincoln has a brother. And so his brother is book one of the new series. So, you know, he's kind of introduced earlier on. So I kind of knew his story when I was writing the last series. And then from there, I just like, I have these two big whiteboards right here and I just lay it out. Like, what are the tropes going to be the conflict? I start kind of mapping out all five because, you know, you're going to be writing about them. So you need to know what's, what's going to be coming in their books. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just kind of get ideas from life, you know, from observing and talking to people. And I'm always that person, like in the airport, I'm like tapping my husband. I'm like, oh, they like each other. (laughs) I'm always watching the way someone looks at someone or if there's tension, I'm like, those two are fighting. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, no, there's some tension there. There's, um, so just life. I think music is a big inspiration to me. Like, you know, you can hear a song and it can make you, you know, think of a, a whole story, you know, or, um, but really everywhere. So the, the ideas aren't, um, so far have not been a problem. They, they kind of just are there. And then I just start laying it out and then I'll start plotting each one, one, you know, like the one I'm, before I write it, I'll work on that one. And sometimes I don't know the conflict when, you know, of a, a book that's coming up, but I'll try to like fig- tighten things up before I start writing it. Cool. Um, yeah. I have a few questions from everything you just said. Um, okay. <laughs> my first question is, so I read After the Storm, which is mm-hmm. your fourth book. 
After the Storm is the fifth book. Fifth book. Last one. Oh, yes, I with Cage, Cage and yeah, Cage and um, Presley. Yeah, enjoyed it, loved it. Thank you. Thank um, you. Thank you. My Good. next question is: I want to talk about the next series. What okay. what's happening? Do we what what do we have already? Like, I want to I want to know as much as possible that you'll give us, and then a little bit more. <laughs> You got it. So book one and message me and I'll send it to you because it didn't make it in the arcs, but it will be in the book when it releases. But I'll put the first two chapters of the new book in the back. I just had, I didn't have it edited yet in time to do it for the arcs. So I'm, I'm finished with that book, but it's in the editing process. Wow. Um, That book releases in January and um, that is Romeo Knight. And he's Lincoln's brother from Cottonwood Cove. And he's a boxer. I've always wanted to write a boxer. I just love boxers. And so it's a sports romance, enemies to lovers in the small town of Magnolia Falls. And kind of like bad boy, good girl vibes. Lots of tension. And um, oh, these two, I really love them. Like I, yeah, I it's a fun one. Small town names in romance books are always like the nicest things ever. Like I wished I lived in a place called Magnolia. Magnolia Falls. Yeah. It's like an origin story. Las Vegas. Right, right, right. I know. I love. I love coming. That's one of my favorite parts. Is like coming up with the names and names it of the town. Like names one of those the um, Virgin River vibes. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like whenever you hear those right. story names, it's like like whenever you hear right. the names in books. Like with Lena Hendricks, do you remember the one where she had like that farm out in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, what was it called? I don't know, but it was the funniest the name. Same, and we Yeah, same vibe. Yeah, same vibe. Yes, I'm trying to I was just with her at a um I went to my first writer's retreat this past weekend and she was there and I love her. She's wonderful. Yeah, she's. Really, you went to a yeah, writers retreat. Fun. My first one. It was really fun. Yes, we went to Palm Springs and spent like five days. It was really nice. Just we'd work in the morning and you know um, visit, talk, you know, shop and eat and laugh and swim and yeah, it was great. So it's writing, but also spending a shit ton of money. We barely left the house. Like we stayed at the house. It had a great pool, was an Airbnb, and we all stayed there. And it was just really nice because, you know, writing can be a lonely career. You work, you know, you're by yourself. So um, I've made some amazing friends that I sprint with and work with just long distance. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll sprint together every day. And then getting to meet up and spend some time together was really, really lovely. That's special. Yeah. Um, let's talk let's talk about Cottonwood Cove for a little bit because this is the last book that is coming out. Um, which one is your favorite in the series? And I mean it when I say it's hard to pick. It really is. I have different things for different reasons. So the one that just came out um after the storm, the final one, it's the one that I just wrote is usually so fresh in my mind. And I I loved that single dad. Um, I loved getting to write his because I had, you know, he had been in all four books leading up to it. So that one is a favorite for just, you know, like finally getting to be his in in his point of view and get to tell his story. The easiest one in that series to write was um, um, Under the Stars. Book two, for some reason, just wrote itself pretty easily. So that one is a favorite 
for a different reason. And book one, I loved because it was a new series. So I was excited to write it. And yeah, so all of them, honestly, like different, I like them all for different reasons. Like book four was kind of a surprise. I didn't think it was going to, it went in a direction I hadn't expected. So that was fun. And then book three, I love because sports romance is, I love writing sports. So yeah, I did not, I did not answer that question well, because I'm not all of them at all. I'm not going to lie. We got nothing out of it's that. It's like picking a favorite child, right? I didn't even narrow it down. I named so all of them. I know, but yeah. how many times have we asked this question, Jay, and just gotten the same response? Like, okay, so I love oh, this one because of this, but then this, this one. one. Yeah, yeah everybody. I'm self-critical of all of them. Like I'm always nervous when they come out. I think they're gonna. I'm like, oh gosh, no one's gonna like it. But my attachment to them is equal. It really, like, you know, you spend a lot of time, yeah, weeks with those characters. So, regardless, I always love um, the characters and that. But I definitely am pretty self-critical come release day. So, it's almost like they become your best friends because it's people that you spend time with for so long which is a little bit like psychotic when you think about it but like I imagine (laughs) for writers they're sitting there going oh I miss her today like you know I was thinking about her you know what I mean right right because you do you have to you know you're doing text messages you really have to know them like what they would say so sometimes it's like a comfort you know I'll have a like a hectic day you know weekend and I'm like oh I'm ready to just like go to Cottonwood Cove and hang out with my bros. Have a chill day. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) totally. Um, Give us an overview about After the Storm. Like what's the story? As much as you can give without giving it away. After the Storm is, um, it's a single dad. He's the oldest Reynolds sibling. So you've gotten to see him through all the books. And it is a, he's a single dad and, raising this little girl who he adores. And one of my favorite things to write about him was he's like a grumpy, broody guy, but his, so his internal voice is so funny because he wants to be this good guy because he's raising this little girl and he wants to do the right thing and take the high road for her sake. But he's so aggravated by almost everyone around him. And so that was really fun to write, but he's raising his daughter and the woman, the only woman he's ever loved, um, the timing was just off and life kind of took them apart. And so they both ended up in other relationships and he ended up a single dad. She is getting a divorce and comes back to town and um, for a short time, you know, to help her dad. And it's the first time they've seen each other in years. And it was just super fun to write that um, because like just that chemistry was still there and, Um, And then her relationship with his daughter was something I just loved. I didn't even know it would be that intense as it, as it was while I was writing it. And I, I've gotten a lot of DMS about that. People really loved that. And I think found family is a beautiful thing. You know, like she, this little girl has a dad who really loves her and, and no mom, but his family is really stepped up. But when this, you know, when Presley comes back into his life, she, really bonds with his daughter. So that was really fun to write. And um, so timing looks like it's not going to be on their side again, but. I hated um, you for that. You know. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was like literally reading it going, what a fucking ass. Why would you do this? <laughs> like sometimes I read books and I'm like, the I author's just get hate it. everyone. I still get it. Yeah. Like the whole way through, I was just like, this is like, I read it in one go because I was like, if I don't oh. read it, 
in one sitting. I'm going to be thinking about it for the next six hours and be completely irrational and not do anything to its fullest extent. So I'm just going to be thinking about this fucking story the whole time. And it was so good, but it like really sucks you in. It was fantastic. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really good story. I um, I love them. I love them. And so, yeah, that is, and, and Kate, they do it. They always get there happily ever after. Right. So they get there, but it's a bumpy ride and they've had a bumpy history. So, um, but yeah, they, I, I did love the way it all came together. I think one of my favorite things in this book specifically was not their romance, even though that was one of the best things, but it was her relationship with her mom. Oh, her mom. Yeah. yeah. I did get a lot of comments, gotten a lot of feedback on that. Yeah. Because I was expecting it to go like the complete opposite way. Like I was expecting it to explode and everyone just kind of, right. I don't want to give it away, so I'm going to try and word this in a way so that it doesn't ruin it for everyone. But, like, just end poorly, like, cut off in the end. Do you know what I mean? Because that's what most people do is, like, you cut off a limb if it's not serving you. Um, Right. But, yeah, it was just just a complete, like, and you wouldn't think, oh, my God, I had so many feelings about it. You wouldn't think (laughs) that the way that she was behaving was for that specific reason. Right. I'm sure that makes sense. I didn't didn't expect um, a lot of what happened with her either. Yeah. I um, thought it was basic. Like sometimes I'm um, editing, you know, the book, the next book, the first book in the new series. And my editor is asking about a, a parent in that one. And like sometimes there, there are room, there is room for redemption or like for a character to take a turn. And sometimes there isn't. And in that one, I was like, I just didn't see it. It's kind of, but in, in after the storm, I really loved the, the journey. I love when people are, you know, you can't stand someone. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, wait a second. Why did that happen? Yeah. I'm always for like, if someone's willing to change, like, and sometimes it's just someone is who they are. With her mom, I think her mom is the way she is. But when you get to kind of understand it a little bit more, um, you're maybe more forgiving. And um, yeah, she she did kind of surprise me. And I, I liked the way it kind of progressed with her. Yeah, I thought it was so cool. Um, okay, cool. So do you have any particular smart scenes from this book that you're – obsessed with I can think um, of a few <laughs> they were very yeah, good yeah. oh thank you I'm trying um I loved the art room scene I loved there were two scenes in that before it was an art room and then after it was an art room I thought those were pretty sexy and and um you know they've got the view of the water so it's kind of a good setting and um yeah, probably those and their first time together after such a long time, I thought was such, was an emotional, like an emotionally charged, um, steamy scene, smutty scene. So, um, yeah, probably that first time. And then the, the night when Gracie finds them in the kitchen, um, right before that in the art room. And then when he shows her the art room and, um, yeah, they have a good time together in there. Yeah, they're they're pretty good. <laughs> um, and 
out of the series, if you could pick any of the characters to be with in real life, who would you choose? Okay, so, um, well, I think Cage is a really good. Da- I, I again, like I love them all, but okay, I'll narrow it down to two. I would say, um, Finn is a lot like my husband, personality wise. So he would be a fun husband, you know, like a book four Finn. He's fun, but then Cage is a fabulous dad. So I would combine those two. Yeah, I could, I could feel that. I, I actually really liked Cage. I was like, you're grumpy for everyone, but for her. Right. And we it's love that, right? Well, <laughs> we love that as a podcast, I feel. I feel like that's a podcast yeah. favorite, like when they're grumpy at the world, but then they're just like complete marshmallows for their life. Because it's satisfying. It's special. It's so special. Right. Right. When they're just crazy about you. So yeah, Cage would be, he's a front runner for sure. That's awesome. And so you have, what's your next book called? The next book um, is Loving Romeo, and that releases um, January, I think it's the 18th. And then that series will release every other month through 2024. That is bloody fast. Yes, it is busy. How long does it take you to write a book? It takes me about five weeks, and then I do a one-week read-through, so six weeks, and then it goes to editing. So, like, it's still – but then I start another one, and then it'll come back, you know. like So it's – the whole process is longer, but the writing part is about five weeks, and then I do a one-week read-through where, like, all day I just spend, like, adding things, tweaking things, making changes for that week. And then I send it, like, to my developmental editor, and she has it for – a week and a half ish and then comes back. So I make more tweaks. So, you know, you're working on it, but the actual first draft is um, I can usually do um, in about five weeks. Man, it's fucking what we, every time somebody <laughs> tells us we're like, that's fucked. And then we get upset. Like when we don't see a book for a year from that author, it's like, we, we oh, are both, right. we're all in these like, controversial states of mind when yeah, it comes to hard. writing books. I reckon it's hard now that we've started this podcast because like we've all been readers so we've all always been like you know content like yeah it takes you like five weeks right. to read a book but then I'll read it in one sitting so yeah but then right. in the podcast like well, like, right. yeah but then we keep on being like take breaks authors deserve breaks but then we're like but we also still need content so keep writing right yeah. so yeah I try to release and sometimes people write me and be like I can't believe you're making me wait that long I'm like it's eight weeks it takes it's... <laughs> I'm like I'm trying eight weeks is so I, decent. I there, we've got the that's, that's very decent. we're still waiting for the last book from Scarlet um what's her name oh the... from Scarlet St. Clair from the Hades Scarlet St. Clair and we've been yeah, waiting two years so I feel like <laughs> eight weeks is pretty all right yeah, eight weeks eight to ten sometimes it's ten pending holidays and stuff but um yeah, two years, that is, it is hard. But if you're traditionally published, you know, it's it also takes longer. It's a different mm-hmm. process. I've done both and I prefer this because, you know, it is nice to get to. And and also like my kids are grown, my husband works. So, you know, I work a normal day job. So it works because I don't have little kids at home anymore. I probably could not have done this Um publish this often when my kids were young it would never have worked so I, I'm in a, a good spot for for doing it it's awesome and um 
we'll finish off here, but do you have any advice for aspiring female authors? Oh, just, you know, write like crazy, just write any chance you get. And I think there's this misconception with people that think like, oh, you were a, you know, you studied this. Like I was a kindergarten teacher. I had never been told by an English teacher that I had any particular gift in writing. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't have to know what you're doing to figure it out. So don't like, if you, if you have a story to tell, just tell it. There's so many readers and it's like what you said, everyone wants, they want books. So write it and read a ton. Like the more you read, the better you get because, you know, study your craft, see what's out there, look at what's selling and, um, and then write, write whenever you can. Don't overthink it. Just get the story down and then find a good editor. And, um, that's probably the most important thing is, you know, getting it, it polished up. I had put the first book I wrote out way too soon and that's what I took down. But, um, you know, have someone look at it and, and get help and reach out. Authors are, this community is amazing. I mean, I've met amazing women and friendships that I will carry with me forever. Like people want to, people are always open to help. So, you know, ask questions and write like crazy, read like crazy and, and write the story that's in your head. I think we've been given that piece of advice a lot. Just right. <laughs> Because I do. A lot of people will say, like, I don't have this yet. I'm like, I had nothing when I started. I didn't know what a beta reader was. I didn't know what an arc was. I remember every time someone would say something, I would Google it. I'm like, what is that? Um, but you you can't put out a book if you don't write. And I think it's easy to get caught up because there there is a lot to do in this business, you know, especially if you're self-published. You're wearing a lot of hats, but you don't have to wear them all when you first start. Like, just write the book, start it. And then with each release, I would try something different, you know, like I'd got my newsletter up and then my social media, like just, you don't have to do it all in order to start. Yeah. You say that about going in and not knowing anything. When we started this podcast, somebody was like, do you want an arc? And we were like, what the fuck is an arc? What are you trying to send us? Same. Someone asked me for an arc. I'm like, what's an arc? Yeah, we were so confused. We were like, what is happening? What are these words people are using? And so many times people would be like, and then the FMC went to the MMC and then they went to the GTF and then the PMP. And we were just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what are these people saying to us? And genres and rank. And I didn't know what anything was. And I think that's what people get intimidated by, but I don't think they realize no one knows when they start. It's like Like decoding a fucking government paper. It is. It's hardcore. on like reader groups on like Facebook and stuff, people will be like looking for this and then a list of like a million different abbreviations and all the spelling's been changed. So there's no like bad words on Facebook. And it's like, right. this is right. this is a puzzle. This is, no oh, I'm constantly, I still don't know. Like I'll text author friends. I'm like, what does this one mean? Like I, I won't Ridiculous. know what something means when I'll see it because there are, there's so many. Yeah. So you just kind of learn as you go, but the story you have is yours. So like write it and it doesn't have to be perfect and you're going to feel like it's awful and that never changes. You know, as soon as I finish, I'm like, Oh, I think this is, this is terrible. It's over. It's all going to end. You know, you get that self doubt and that imposter syndrome is real. So just give it to a friend, have someone read it. And yeah. Well, that's awesome. 
Thank you so much for coming and speaking to us, Laura. We've had such a good time. Always. I loved it. Anytime. I love chatting with you guys. Thank you. Thank I don't know what much. the fuck is happening next week. Normally Betty knows. Um, <laughs> next week, I think we're doing um, The Losers Do It. Oh, great. oh, that's ex- I'm yeah. actually excited for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Who is it? I don't, the Losers Do It by Harley LaRue. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. you've read it? Heard a lot about yeah. it. Yes, yeah. I haven't I read, read it. I've heard it's I read the prequel Same. novella that she did, and that was, like, very spicy. So I have a feeling oh, that this is going to be a very spicy do it. Oh, you'll have to let me know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We had a bit of like a hit and miss year, to be honest, Laura. So like when we choose a book that we know is going to be good or we've read yeah. something else by that author, we are kind of getting overly excited about it yeah, at the yeah. moment <laughs> because we've not that. had a great year in choices that we've made with books. <laughs> No, I think we've just oh, been like we've been relying too much on all the other people's opinions instead of picking what we like to read. <laughs> TikTok can steer. I mean, I'll see a TikTok and I'm like, oh, I'm going to read that. Yeah, it can. It's it can really influence what you read. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard when you. It, yeah, and reading so subjective. What one person loves, you exactly. know what I mean. That's true. That's very very true. Anyway, guys, we're doing the Losers Duet by Harley Larue. Next yeah. next week, which is very exciting. We're near we're nearing the end of the year. We've only got a few episodes left to record. So Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you all next week. And Betty will definitely be with us then because I'm pretty sure it's her week. So <laughs> <laughs> fun. thank you, Laura. It was Bye. amazing having you here. Thanks, guys. This was so fun. Oh, wait, I appreciate when does you your having book come me. Out? Oh, was it, was it the twentieth? Um, this comes out November 16th. So I think this airs. This is right yes, after. This right? Yeah, that's okay. Perfect. Per- Do you know what? That bit's going to go right on Instagram. I'm just going <laughs> to yeah. get like a shot of your face going. <laughs> I'm like, I have to love him. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Girls Who Read Porn. Follow us at Girls Who Read Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And for all business inquiries, please send us an email on girlswhoreadporn at gmail.com. Art created by Jessica Wanny and music made by Dane Forgy Stevens. See you next week and stay smutty, team.